0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Shapiro, editor-at-large at at The Block, and we are at Paris Blockchain Week, aren't we? Very excited to have on the other side of the mic our two guests here at the conference, Google Cloud's head of Web3 strategy, Rich Widman, and Google Cloud's Web3 engineering director, James Tromans. Gentlemen, thanks so much for stopping by in the fishbowl, as it were.
1: Our pleasure. Thanks for having us.
0: My pleasure. It's a little tight, but unfortunately, <laughs> we'll, make we'll make we'll make it work. We're going to be discussing uh, the strategy behind Google Cloud's move into Web3 and basically just what you're hearing on the ground, what the sort of uh, meetings and conversations you might be having, especially post-Bahamas. Uh, were you both there or was it just... Just rich. Just yeah. rich. So it feels like almost a decade has passed. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. What's next for digital currency after a brutal 2022? While the core promise of crypto hasn't changed, digital currency is still forming the base layer for a new global commerce infrastructure. From merchants at the point of sale to corporations that want to pay suppliers and even employees more efficiently.
2: Circle has always seen itself as a connector of the traditional world and the new world of digital currency. It's like building houses. What's the foundation and can you get the foundation right?
0: Throughout Q1, I'm happy to host leaders from Circle here on The Scoop to give listeners the chance to hear how one of crypto's most prominent builders is paving the way for digital currency utility. Visit circle.com slash scoop for more information. Have you ever wanted to use DeFi without being seen? Railgun is a leading DeFi privacy solution on Ethereum. It's also a leading privacy solution operating across Binance Smart Chain, Arbitrum, and Polygon 2. And yes, that includes DEX trading. DeFi and privacy together at last. Visit railgun.org to find out more. This episode is also brought to you by Flare, an EVM-based Layer 1 blockchain with secure, decentralized access to information from other chains and the internet. Flare's native interoperability protocols provide developers with a variety of high integrity price and event data, including detailed transaction proofs from other chains and information from Web2 APIs. Build better and connect everything at Flare.network. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of The Block's. Podcast guests may have taken positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For full terms, visit theblock.co terms service. So, gentlemen, uh, a lot of people, when they think about crypto, they maybe don't necessarily think Google Cloud. What's the business there?
1: Yeah, so from our perspective, you know, crypto and Google Cloud, they're not mutually exclusive. Crypto requires infrastructure providers across the board to be able to provide all of the things that, you know, we at Google have built expertise in doing. But we also understand that there is some core table stakes infrastructure Uh, that is becoming commoditized over time, and we feel that we have a lot to offer in that space, whether that's through open source contributions, which Google has a strong heritage in, all the way through to building on top of the cloud infrastructure that we have, to do things like make it easier to spin up nodes, right? Not all the nodes, Mm -hmm. but some of the nodes. um, (laughs) Help index data, right? In case people want to look at that data in ways that is hard to do on-chain, you can look at on-chain data off-chain. So this is the sort of space that we want to play and operate in, and it's been going well so far, we're really enjoying it.
0: I think when we were in the Bahamas I talked we, we had a panel about large tech players, financial services players moving into crypto. We had our friend Christine Moy yeah. from she made did she make the announcement? I think I tried she to it, yeah. extract it out of her, uh, that she was joining Apollo from JP Morgan. In any case, so clearly there's there's still a presence of these of these tech and financial behemoths, but how would you describe the penetration that Google Cloud has made is it is it just a few folks in a you know a think group or what are the pa- center of excellence or is there a real business there
1: <laughs> center of excellence <laughs> that's our favorite word um, i think that's We did lot. have one of those actually we did <laughs> uh, we did actually have Have
0: one. we moved past yeah, we moved, exactly moved past yes. the
3: center. I think that was table stakes for us was moving past i mean it's not real until you start kind of creating the the structures and the governance around it within the company um, such that you know you have people who are accountable for certain metrics and things like that, right? And so that's a big goal of this team, you know when we were talking internally was moving beyond the proof of concept phase, moving beyond the building a uh, you know center of excellence, mm-hmm. such that we could actually you know create and add value and and um, frankly, like disrupt ourselves a little bit by adding some of the products and services that James mentioned into our core offering, um, as opposed to just saying, uh, hey, you know we're company A. We always sell widget A, and like we're just willing to sell widget A to the crypto community. The idea was, can we add some new products to that suite that actually addresses the specific needs that the crypto community has? That maybe other companies will have in the future, but right now it's sort of the bleeding edge of where people are building. So um, I think you know we've definitely moved beyond that in terms of penetration. To to your to your question, um, I think there's a lot of progress that we can still make, which mm-hmm. is a lot of opportunity. Um, you, know, you hear every day about kind of the reliance on um, only a couple of infrastructure providers across a number of these protocols, and um, technical resilience is actually something I think people are going to start focusing on, particularly at the protocol level. And so what we're looking to do is add optionality there. Um, you know, again, like James mentioned, not run all the nodes, but offer a robust alternative to what we see people using today. Uh, to, to provide again optionality to the ecosystem.
0: When you say not all the nodes, does that mean what does what does that mean? Everything,
3: yeah. right? Oh, what,
1: both of what you're thinking, right? So we're probably not going to have every single blockchain that's ever been Got it, got it, got, got it. But at the same time, we're not going to have all of any one blockchain on GTP. We don't want to. Fair enough. But we want to have. I mean, we have a very diverse, geographically diverse cloud, and we can spin up, um, you know, a, an archival node or an RPC endpoint in a in a place in the world that perhaps is underserved thus bringing a certain element of decentralization to the overall network, right? And so we recognize that there's a role for us to play there and um, we, we feel that we can do that quite well.
0: There's a lot of different startups that are billing themselves as the AWS of crypto. Are you upset or disheartened that they're not referring to themselves as the Google Cloud of crypto?
1: I think some of them are actually. <laughs> we often hear people say we, they want to be the next Google of crypto, right? So, um, you know, nice question. But I, I do think, you know, when people think about um, being able to find information and being able to access that information quickly, um, which is what we need for blockchain, they think of Google first.
0: Of course. We won't mention, we won't mention the A word again. Um, but do you, how do you see yourselves like overlapping with some of those startups? Like I'm thinking like a, an Alchemy or a Coinbase. Has its yeah. cloud business.
3: I mean, I think that, you know, um, I think when people think of Google, they have a tendency to think that we're all things to all people just because of what we've been doing over the last 10 to 15 years. But um, when we think about this ecosystem, a big part of what we're doing is, is not just building products, but actually partnering. So you mentioned Coinbase, right? You know, Coinbase offers a lot of products and services further up the stack that we're just not in the business in. But what we want to do is actually work with them to figure out what can we do to help them kind of meet their, you know, their objectives in terms of scaling. You know, there, there's a big focus of economic freedom there, just generally of evangelizing around cryptocurrency. So you know, with someone like Coinbase, we've worked with them to say, look, you've got a core infrastructure problem that we're uniquely positioned to solve. Let's work together on that. But then what are some other things that we can use from your side of the woods to sort of say, okay, like, how can you help Google move deeper into the Web3 space, right? So custody is a big part of that, which was a, you know, is no small feat for a large publicly traded company to begin custody in crypto. Um, But doing that on your own, uh, one is kind of antithetical to the whole Web3 kind of point, right? The the point of this is supposed to be about partnership and kind of open doors, but additionally, It also helped us kind of up-level our own involvement in the space in a way that, you know, frankly, if we had tried to do it on our own, would have taken much longer time. Yeah, I mean, we're very customer-led, right? Like Our sales business actually drove the product
1: and engineering side initially, like it predated it by a quarter or half a year. And I think that in listening to the customers, we've actually been pleasantly surprised by, like, we're getting coached on, you know, we, we're we operating in this space now, so it's customer A or B, right? But, like, we don't see ourselves necessarily needing to be in this space in the in the medium run. Um, you guys can probably do this cheaper, better, faster than we can. We want to move further along the value chain to something that's more differentiated for them, and that's particularly a it's key It's like amount. an example
0: of that, like, you know, you don't have to name a specific company, but, What's an example of them coming to you and then moving up that chain? Yeah, I
1: mean, the, the blockchain node engine product is a good example, right? So I think there's been a number of providers out there that have invested into this space, you know, running nodes, making it easy for people to spin up nodes, but it's becoming commoditized. And it's in part becoming commoditized because it is very easy to just do it um, that looks very similar to someone else. Now, the devil's in the details in terms of uptime and, and performance, which we think we can do a very good job on. But that is not necessarily the business it's someone like a Coinbase wants to be in. You know, they might be more interested in the wallet or the custody or whatever. It's something where they can really
3: differentiate. That, that's, and it was almost like a necessary evil. If you talk to a lot of founders who sort of like spun this stuff up as like a side project, it was, I needed someone who could run nodes as well as I wanted them to be run in yeah. terms of uptime and reliability. Right. I couldn't find an option in the market. So I built it out myself, right? Mm. And I, I imposed some control and some quality over top of it that I thought was necessary for my business to run. And, and frankly, when we saw that, we saw like a really unique opportunity to really say like, well, if, if you're not, if this isn't your core product, if you're not passionate about running nodes, which a lot of the founders are like that's perfect opportunity for us to say, we can take that off your plate and you can spend the time and resources building a wallet infrastructure or an exchange um, and then you know, what you get is the commodification of the node, much like you get with just traditional cloud, right? Um, there was a time when people thought like running a server in your closet you know, during 1.0 you know, and 2.0 of the web, that was like a necessary evil, and cloud came around and, and solved that problem for them. So I think it helps businesses focus on the things where I think they see an opportunity, you know, 100x opportunity in the market as opposed to, again, trying to fix a, a unique problem that's uh, acute to crypto developers.
0: Oh, yeah, It's funny um, when you think about traditional financial services, all of these exchanges are trying to move into the cloud, talking from a trading perspective, not a node management perspective. Most of the crypto exchanges are already in the cloud in terms of the way in which the matching operates. What overlaps do you see? You were running around, I think, at Boca last year. I don't know if you were there this year. Or your team was there. Yeah, the team was there. Google Cloud team was there. And
3: we talked a little bit about this over lunch in the Bahamas. Um, I mean, this is a fun part of the discussion because I think when we when we open up this can of worms, it's an opportunity to talk about like what is cloud, right? Like I think a lot of people, um, you know, sort of take for granted like what what cloud is and how it how it powers a lot of the things that we, you know, a lot of the businesses that we use every day. I mean, I see a lot of overlap in the traditional financial services sector. If you look at where, um, you know, the, the exchanges are going, a lot of them are looking at multi-cloud uh, opportunities. I mean, I know you've done a lot of work, James, yeah. with the CME yeah. on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like any business that wants
1: to be somewhat diversified just from a risk profile Mm -hmm. should have a multi-cloud strategy. They may even have a multi-cloud hybrid strategy with some on-prem. And actually, if you think about how that looks, that's very similar to how a blockchain should be thinking about distributing its infrastructure Mm. and incentivizing folks to be able to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, the exchanges are kind of like web two and a half companies anyway, because Mm. they're building the bridges to get people more engaged with pure web three technology. And so they have a lot of traditional compute and network requirements that is not new. And so there's definitely a role that cloud providers can play in supporting them. And then together, exchanges, cloud providers, but not just exchanges, can help bring the, the additional users and adoption to, to Web3 and blockchain.
0: Is there a category of company that is coming to you, hmm. looking for you to operate their nodes that you you never would have thought would be in the business of needing to manage any sort of nodes?
1: That's a- that's a good question. Whilst I'm thinking about that, I mean, I will say we, we see shifts and trends in categorization or groups of types of companies. So, you know, companies that were maybe spending a lot of money on their infrastructure, you know, last year, right now, maybe spending less. But on the flip side, layer one, layer two protocols, who are really like getting their acts together and understanding that they need to be getting developer adoption and building developer communities, they're now beginning to spend more money on, um, you know, their their node hosting infrastructure and coming, um, building partnerships with folks like Google to be able to incentivize their portfolio companies that they're helping support to get, you know, whether it's Google Cloud, part of our startups program, right? Like we we create um, a nice way to on-ramp those businesses so that they can get some free access to our services. And so we do see natural shifts in the like cohorts of companies that have come to us. And um, yeah, the layer ones and layer twos are really showing up right now and they're they're really moving forward quite professionally and um, it's nice to see.
0: What does that mean just for the the sort of robustness of of a layer one, layer two that they're whether whether maybe they're diversifying their sort of mix up mm-hmm. um, or just relying increasingly on the folks who are the, you know, the specialists, as it were?
1: Well, I mean, I would say we Google Cloud and, and other cloud providers have large developer communities, right? So Google Cloud has a very large developer community. And so if we can bring some of that existing developer community, educate them, because we have existing partnerships with a layer one, layer two protocol, there's a lot of um, gain both ways, right? So we can help get folks who are already building on Google Cloud to start building on blockchain. And then we can also get new developers that Google Cloud maybe hasn't reached very well yet or is looking to continue to reach as they come through from the layer one and layer two. So those relationships are actually really, really important to us, and they're quite symbiotic.
0: So back to the, the tricky or weird question, like is, is like a Coca-Cola coming to you and saying, hey, I want to engage in, I want to do an NFT drop, and I want to have a really deep relationship with the protocol? Something like that.
1: I mean, Rich, I'd be interested in your thoughts. I mean yes. I think we, we would probably see our customers working with the Cokes of yeah, the world. Fair <laughs> to to and so but you know, obviously Google is a Alphabet's a big company, Google's a big company, so we have an ad business, you might have heard of it. Mm -hmm. And so we have deep relationships with the kind of brands that represent Coca-Cola. And so we do try and join the dots across the parts of the business where we can.
3: Yeah, I mean, that that I think is the value. I mean, when we talk about partnership, it's not just, you know, Google vis-a-vis another, uh, you know, Web3 native company. It's also, uh, you know, it's also about bringing those Web3 native companies to other partners of our business. Who rely on us for something else? Maybe it is ads. Maybe it's also yeah. cloud. Um, who are saying, "Look, I'm crypto curious. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to make a move into the space, but I want a trusted partner, someone who understands my my infrastructure stack and like what right. it looks like to run my business today, and then what implications uh, launching a Web three product, whether it's an NFT or uh, validating on on you know on a layer one, like what implications that has for my business and for and for my tech stack." And that I think is actually the most fun for us because it is taking. Uh, we get to have a, a foot squarely in both spaces. Yeah, We're squarely in sort of the large enterprise where we're talking to C-suite executives about what it looks like to move into this space um, in a no regrets fashion, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time also kind of bringing some of those learnings that James mentioned earlier that, you know, from in engaging with the Web3 community um, and bringing those two together, I think, is mutually beneficial for all parties, uh, not just us. I'll just add, I
1: have actually seen a continued interest from the brands during this last, say, three, four, five, six months, that hasn't actually slowed down. Um, You know, the conversations that we know are happening with our customers um, who who are GCP, those are still ongoing. Um, Mm. So we are still seeing interest there.
0: The core promise of crypto hasn't changed. Stablecoins can bring faster payments at internet scale, from merchants at the point of sale to corporations that want to pay suppliers or even employees more efficiently.
2: Circle has always seen itself as a connector of the traditional world and the new world of digital currency.
0: USDC is more than just a stablecoin. USDC is also an open source platform. When
2: our transactions are actually final and you can't change them anymore, that's another great quality property of cash because when it switches hand, it's final right? Can you digitize all those good quality properties and bring that in a digital form?
0: USDC by Circle is at the forefront of this innovation. And that's why the Scoop is partnering with the folks at Circle to tell you guys why and how our industry is moving.
2: A lot of us who have built USDC, myself included and Jeremy included, we are technologists. So we approach this problem from a technology point of view.
0: Visit circle.com scoop for more information. Have you ever wanted to use DeFi without being seen? Railgun is a leading DeFi privacy solution on Ethereum. And it's also a leading privacy solution operating across Binance Smart Chain, Arbitrum, and Polygon too. Shield your funds and use them privately on your favorite DeFi apps. Railgun's cutting-edge zero-knowledge system encrypts your data from public view. And yes, that includes DEX trading. DeFi and privacy together at last. Visit railgun.org to find out more. This episode is also brought to you by Flare, an EVM-based Layer 1 blockchain with secure access to information from other chains and the internet. Flare's state connector acquires detailed transaction data from blockchains and information from Web2 APIs in a decentralized way, so it can be used securely, scalably, and trustlessly in applications running on the network. Paired with the Flare time series Oracle for decentralized price and time series data, Flare delivers a developed focused blockchain with secure native access to more off-chain data than ever before. Build better and connect everything at Flare.network. We touched on the Coinbase Google Cloud partnership. There's sort of four or three different layers to what that means. Can you unpack? I think, you know, you can look at it from the Coinbase Prime perspective. You could look at it at sort of the... The way in which Web3 developers have access to the, the blockchain data that Google Cloud has. Maybe we can just sort of Yeah, um,
1: well so the, the Coinbase partnership was is and, and was very important to us during the announcement. And so from that perspective it had a number of components. Obviously, um, Brian made a point of saying during our next keynote the data analytics capabilities that GCP has that, you know. Coinbase do have a lot of traditional Mm -hmm. requirements to analyze data, analyze their customers, apply machine learning to some of those problems. And so Google Cloud can be used very effectively there. Um, Of course, the relationship was the other way around as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Google was interested um, in exploring what it means to take crypto for payment um, and it's continuing to commit ourselves into really not just building these tools but using them ourselves as well. Um, and so, yeah, the relationship was very multifaceted, uh, and we're looking forward to working with Coinbase as we go forward to, to flesh that out. And we're all, you know, in tech going through a sort of like pause phase as we like consolidate and focus on what's important to our businesses. And um, yeah, it's been what really fantastic working with Coinbase
3: so far.
0: The more recent news was the announcement around the blockchain node engine.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, so James mentioned it earlier. I think that is. You know, Blockchain Node Engine, in a nutshell, is a fully managed node offering. Um, it's, we're starting on Ethereum, right? So we, we have to start somewhere, but the, the idea is to expand it to where the developers are. So we'll, we have plans for you know, second and third and fourth um, protocols. But the idea is, um, right now, a lot of the node hosting that goes on is kind of like self-help. Um, most people are still using cloud providers like Google to do that, but they're hiring DevOps teams and SREs to kind of manage that. And that sucks up a lot of resources, right? It was a necessary evil in the earlier stages of growth for the ecosystem. The idea is basically remove that off of their plate um, and have something that is, you know, a click and set and forget. Um, and then, you know, you can do it at scale across different geographies. I think that's yeah. like the really unique thing. Is most companies when they're standing these nodes up, they're they're saying, well, my physical infrastructure is in you know New York, right? And it's only there. Whereas with us, you could. You could put Do, it anywhere. I mean, yeah.
0: this
1: is the other thing, like, you can't... You don't decent- need to be
0: in Secaucus.
1: Right. Yes. yes. Well, or that's... Where's the other th- one? Uh, uh, Weehawken?
0: We... No. No. Uh, You're
3: thinking about the Flash Boys thing? Yeah. yeah. It's
0: Secaucus and it's Rahway.
3: Yeah, that might be it. Broadway? I know Secaucus, but...
0: <laughs> I went to one of them, one of those data centers.
3: Yeah, yeah they're quite they're,
0: impressive. They're pretty the cool. Cables. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and it's cold in there. Y- yeah. you'd like, <laughs>
1: you know your machine I mean I was just going I remember
0: when I saw the Nasdaq mention- matching engine it was like as big as this computer and they're like that's for the trades of processing. I was like that's it. And then all the other stuff's just like the
1: all the stuff that supports that. The yeah. I mean you can't decentralize on the C cables and Google owns on the C cables and we try and do so in a way that gets Google to the edge where our YouTube customers are and mm-hmm. where, where everyone is, right? So we leverage all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And we can bring that to blockchain and so for BNE in particular, if you're a customer that says I'm regulated I still want to get involved in this space, but I want to deploy my BNE instance in Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. And it has to be in Frankfurt. Oh, and by the way, if an SRE engineer at Google, because we're fully managing and supporting this thing, is going to have to look at the logs because something's gone wrong, I want them to be in Europe, or I want them to be somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. These are the things that as a cloud provider, we already have tons of expertise doing and there are businesses out there that need that. And if we want to get everyone involved in Web3, we need to make sure that we're meeting those customers with their minimum requirements as well. So we're bringing all of those kind of like enterprise grade capabilities to b any as well.
0: When these protocols come to you, I'm sure a lot of them, maybe you said you don't want to be, you're not gonna work with everybody effectively As you're engaging or doing due diligence, are there red flags that you picked up on? Or (laughs) what do you sort of look for? Do they have to be in the top 20, top 40? It's developer driven, right? So
1: we look for velocity in engineering appetite. We look for how many folks are using it. Um, whether we have an ongoing relationship with them already. Red flags would be, you know, they've got a domain and they're, but they're not really incorporated and they're like... Yeah. Know, white paper. Yeah, a white it. paper. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, to, to be a Google Cloud customer anyway, we have normal fraud and anti-money laundering checks. What if so. they're
0: like an anonymous team?
1: So we have some of those relationships, but not quite in the way of um, you know, your first question, right? So those those sort of builders, um, we can still find ways to work with them, but mm. they still have to have a legal vehicle to transact with Google Cloud mm-hmm. that would still go through
3: the normal checks. Well, I mean, we uh, individual developers, right? Like, as long as exactly. they have an ability to pay with a credit card, like, that's basically the lowest common denominator. We have a lot of developers who are individuals, and they may be acting as a group or whatever, Right, but, um, I mean, that's that's very kind of in line with the ethos of just the developer community, how it has been, right? You get some that are part of these big organizations and they go through kind of the standard process of procurement, yeah. then you get some who are, who are a lot more scrappy, it's a, you know, and it's a, a kid who's just picking up a laptop and learning to code and using GitHub, um, and they want to spin up a virtual machine and start, you know, running an Ethereum node or something like that. Um, I, I do think, like you know we are we are really focusing on on one being customer centric like and our customers are the developers (laughs) right it's the people who are building in that ecosystem so we certainly don't want to expend time and resources building something that no one's going to use essentially turn it into a ghost town yeah um and i I think the that is one thing that you know as a team um we do a little bit differently which is like we have spent a lot of time um you know, not just like reading Twitter and 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 kind of the the, the news media about what's Leave going that on in to crypto. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but uh, but we do engage. Like we do a lot of ground pounding. Like we're at, at events like this. Um, we're going out to their offices. We're meeting with those teams, and we're just trying to learn. Like okay, okay if you're building in this ecosystem, what are the things that you think it needs? What are the yeah. things that you think it wants? And like we take that to inform our opinion about where we spend Massively. our time. And like there's a lot of Googlers that in their
1: That's evenings true. and weekends are building for Web3, mm. right? Like, mm-hmm. Google has and, and is fortunate to have and continues to have some of the best software engineers out there. And so, you know, we can get a lot looking internally, but you never get as much going to a conference like this, you know, Paris Blockchain Week and, and talking to devs directly.
0: So what are, what are the devs doing? Can they do something? Wh-
1: which ones? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the ones out there or the ones in Google? <laughs> the ones out here. Yeah, well, I mean, you tell me, right? I mean, with, we we do see. I, I think we go through these kind of spurts of innovation. Um, you know, one I'm personally very excited about is like how digital identity is is being dealt with, um, whether mm. that's soulbound tokens or verifiable credentials. It, it, you know, in a way, it's just interesting to see how this progresses forward. But all roads lead back to identity, and getting that right is going to really help onboard new users and unlock a ton of use cases.
0: There's got to be a future where you know we don't have to have these stupid badges on oh
1: why i mean even now at this (laughs) conference we we, we shouldn't be doing it's it's today we just we have the technology now we have the technology (laughs) (laughs) very true we
0: have the technology that's
3: funny i I do think like um the, the fun thing about being like sitting where we sit and kind of like taking on the challenge that we've decided to take on is um it really is agnostic to those like use cases, right? So like yeah. there's a lot, like a lot of the people that you know I'm, I'm very close with, or even when I was in private practice as a lawyer, like I'd watch these you know people go into the space and they take this bet, right? They take the bet that like stable coins are going to replace physical dollars, or um, that you know the you know, the exchanges, crypto exchanges are going to replace you know sort of financial market infrastructure as we know it. Um, and, the, and the wonderful thing. And maybe this is where the law and the cloud thing comes together. It's like the wonderful thing about sitting in that position is like, you're technically just trying to help them all, right? Like you're agnostic to the end use case. The goal is like march the innovation forward directionally um, and make it more resilient over time, such that if somebody were to build the exchange, you know, the NASDAQ of crypto, um, and maybe that's already been built, uh, all the cool things that you talked about in Secaucus that exist for for those exchanges, there's a corollary to that for, for the crypto exchange that's not gonna get built overnight. And like, certainly if you talk to those exchanges, a lot of them have relied on partners over time to, to make that work.
0: So, I guess to sort of dig deeper into Paris, it, do, it, it seems like there's still energy, right? You know, there's still oh, sure. a lot of developer interest. Electric Capital had a report out yeah, a few yep. months ago, I yeah, think.
1: Yeah, we reviewed it.
0: Oh, amazing, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good sign. Again, like I feel like we're still so far away from it being ubiquitous. Like scanning, you know, scanning your wallet at the door versus a badge or, um, sure. you know,
1: I mean, if, if if you look at like token prices, historically, token prices and developer activity have kind of been loosely correlated. But if you actually look at where the token prices are now relative to historical levels, and the developer activity to where it is now relative to historical levels, developer activity is actually really up and developer activity continues to to be there. So, you know, from from our perspective, whilst, you know, if we were in a more of a neutral market over the past year, then I think it would be up way more. So, you know, really what we're seeing is this correlation between the price of a token and the developer activity have become unlinked in a Mm -hmm. sense that developer activity is still there in a really strong way. And that's really exciting for us to see because if our mission is to help make Google Cloud a great place for Web3 developers to build, then um, the that's our metric, metric right? right? Yeah, our that's metric metric our
0: high
1: Yeah. And by the way, I've got a really great forecast for Solana. No,
0: Do you, yeah, that's <laughs> what I think you're worried about. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good point. I mean, it's probably, it's unlinked in a way that maybe wasn't the case in previous cycles. Um, gentlemen, any closing thoughts? What are you, what are you most excited about? Well, from
1: a from an engineering standpoint, um, I, I already mentioned it and I yeah. really believe it, but it's identity. Like I, yeah. I think we've got to fix that. From from a Google Cloud perspective, you know, the last point I would like to make is cloud providers have a really great physical infrastructure that can help support a decentralized, a global decentralized network. And there is this is an inclusive space and there's room for everybody here and we're trying to help empower others and um, the engineering talent that we're trying to bring to this problem is is really powerful and strong. And so we're really excited about what we're building. And we think what we're building is going to help take things off plates of people that don't really want to be doing those things anyway. So they can work on something that's more differentiated uh, and moves along the value chain. So I'm very excited about seeing what developers
3: build on our platform. That's really hard to follow, James. <laughs> uh, I, I think like maybe just to, to key in on the like sort of the developer community. Um, I think one of the things I'm most excited about is, hopefully, over time, what we'll see based on our presence and what we're building, um, we'll see developers who otherwise may not have opted in to building in Web three because right. it was too challenging or too right. difficult, or they didn't have the resources. Um, hopefully, we see those folks opt in, and like you know, we'll never know if it was but for our yeah. involvement okay. did they opt in? But can't I can't split test that. Seriously. Yeah, but but I do think like we see that movement every day. We 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 talk to a lot of developers who are from you know companies like ours and our peers and saying, hey, look, it's gotten easier to build in this space, like, and it's motivated me to try and pick something up that I haven't done before. And if we can be, you know, a material or even a trivial part of that movement, like, I think that's a, that's a job well done from our team's perspective. Plus one.
0: Grand. Well, gentlemen, thanks so much for stopping by The Scoop to chat with us. Thanks for thanks having, for having us. us. Our pleasure. No, thanks again for being on the show. It's my pleasure. And The Scoop will be back for you again with another great guest, or maybe two. And maybe we'll be in a tight, weird <laughs> fish, tank. fish tank bowl. Although the sound, you can't I remember I did NFT New York and this <laughs> there was like a marching band that they had hired going down the hall. I'm like
1: That feels like a prank.
0: It's yeah. just like come on like I'm trying It's like who put you up to this? Um anyway, thanks. The scoop will be back for you again with another great guest. Have an awesome day.